The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into the action, Mike, how's it going? Man, we are one week away from the election, and man, I can't wait to just get get through the next two weeks. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's been a anxiety-inducing time of year, so a little on edge, a little nervous, but we'll get through it. Uh, everything else, though, personal-wise, good, work-wise, good. Back's been cleared, so been getting some workouts in, and yeah, man. AEW has been kind of the the consistent consistent thing that I've I've had to look forward to all of 2020, from pandemic to quarantine to no other sports going on to now the election. At least, at least we have AEW. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been kind of organizing my weekly schedule around it, also, and uh, yeah, anxiety levels are 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 high. <laughs> it's it's hard to not. <laughs> think about it and and you know to get it off of your mind and i think one of the hard things is like it's not over on tuesday yeah. like and and anyone anyone out there who thinks that we're going to a know the result and b that this whole ordeal is going to be over uh, it's just not the case that's not reality uh, I feel like it should be settled in a cage fight, uh, but with the VPs, no. the VPs. No. <laughs> well, Kamala would win because Mike Pence wouldn't be able to be in the same cage with her. So by DQ, give up. Well, Kamala I mean, would win. There's, there's that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, can I, mean, can I bring up? Can I, can I bring up something funny real quick? You could try <laughs> this. this this came out today. Um, there was a, a campaign that <laughs> the president's uh, administration was trying to put together earlier this year to help rebrand the coronavirus. And they were vetting all these celebrities of um, would they be good representatives for this campaign? And they they put pros and cons and they listed things that they've said in the past and their legal history. Have they ever been arrested? <laughs> well... <laughs> Someone got a hold of this document and it lists Ronda Rousey on there. And her comments say, sometimes it said anti-feminist things, supported Bernie Sanders, and was arrested at a WWE event in 2019. I think they're referencing when she got arrested with Becky and Charlotte leading up to WrestleMania. <laughs> That's not the first time that... <laughs> People associated with the current administration have uh, thought that something that happened on WWE television was real. So, you know. Oh, are you referring to when Trump thought uh, Vince was actually Vince dead? Blew up in he the actually limo? exploded. And, and yeah. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh so hard earlier today. And just like looking back on the pictures of that brawl, that was a fun time. That was leading up right before we went to Met Mania, man. Yeah, I just can't laugh at anything anymore because it just makes me <laughs> sad it all just makes me sad it's like this is how far we have fallen as as a Aww. country and as a society 
that you've lost you, know, your, you lost your laugh, Joel. Like well, Shawn Michaels lost his smile. I mean, I can laugh at things, right? Like I just recently <laughs> rewatched Jurassic Park, and I did a lot of laughing at Ian Malcolm. Um, a surprisingly funny movie. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 pretty solid. Um, I just can't I can't do political humor right now. It just it nothing lands. It you know it's like it should be funny. I can recognize good joke construction, but it's just not funny. It just doesn't make me laugh. It just makes me sad. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. You, sounds like sounds like you need a hug. <laughs> I need a lot of things. Uh, a stiff drink, I think, is the the first thing. Uh, <laughs> that, and I need I need my football team to stop sucking. Uh, you want football team sucking? At least you have <laughs> a capable quarterback. We're starting the nooch. Ben DiNucci this weekend, man. So <laughs> I would take Teddy Bridgewater. I would well, take Will Grill. I mean, I, I thought that the I thought the NFC East just wasn't. They just took the season off. That that's kind of what I've gathered from. We should like the Rams. Right, I think they are. Off. I think they are actually <laughs> taking the season off. It just you know it it's been it's been pretty terrible. But I yeah, Dak's like you know what I could I could get paid twenty five more million dollars and just chill at home. I mean, I've watched every Panther game this season and I feel like they could have won every single game. And it, it like even the games like against the, the Buccaneers where the score was not great by the end. We were right in that game up until the last few minutes. And hey man. it's been one of those Three seasons where like we just need the yeah. ball to bounce slightly differently a couple of times over the course of 60 minutes of football. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll beat the Falcons tonight. If not, I'm calling it. I'm, I'm not watching anymore. Honestly, uh, though, man, three and four is way better than I think a lot of people thought the Panthers were going to be this year. Well, and the we NFC all have them is in their... god awful. So. Yeah, like they could, st- <laughs> they, they could lose tonight and still make a run at that seventh seed. Like it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And also the Falcons, like I saw, I saw a meme that was like, uh, we're entering the fourth quarter of 2020. Hopefully we're playing the Falcons. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're never out of it, man. So uh, I, I think, I think with the Panthers, not to go into uh, the other football show, um, I think they're playing well. And if they can upgrade, uh, you know, some positions in the off season, maybe look at a, a rookie quarterback in the middle of, middle of the first, let, let him sit behind Teddy. Future's looking good there. Matt Rule's putting a program together. I think we just need to put a protective bubble around all of our offensive linemen because yeah. we've started like 17 offensive linemen so far this <laughs> season, and that's never good. Well, uh, luckily, this is a very good offensive line class. So uh, should be a, especially where the Panthers should finish. Trust me, I'm already looking at the draft because my team's two and five. All right. So. You mentioned the NFL draft. It's time to, to shift gears. Want to talk about wrestling? <laughs> no, I want to keep talking about the NFL drafts. <laughs> then find a different show. <laughs> the dynamite that was. Party All right. Pooper. Dynamite kicked off with an interview segment featuring Wardlow and MJF which was interrupted by Sammy Guevara, MJF declaring that he is going to make a bid for the inner circle and Wardlow promoting his match with Hangman Adam Page, which was up next. Hangman Adam Page got the win, advancing to the finals of the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament, which will take place at the upcoming Full Gear pay-per-view. 
After that, we got a promo from John Moxley continuing his feud with Eddie Kingston. This led into a match featuring Eddie Kingston taking on Matt Seidel. Kingston got the win and cut a promo right back on Moxley. After that match was an interview segment between the Young Bucks and FTR being interviewed by Excalibur. After that was the Inner Circle Town Hall in which Chris Jericho and MJF took questions from various members of the AEW universe. Uh, in order to determine whether or not MJF should be allowed into the inner circle. This concluded with Chris Jericho inviting MJF to face him at full gear, and if MJF wins, he will be allowed into the inner circle. After this was the TNT Championship match between Cody and Orange Cassidy, Cody getting the victory in that Lumberjack match. After the match, the best friends were ambushed by Kip Sabian and Miro in a backstage segment, with Kip and Miro attempting to get revenge for Allen, their destroyed arcade cabinet. After this was an NWA Women's Championship match between the newly crowned Serena Deeb and Layla Hirsch. Serena Deeb defended her title in a very competitive affair, after which we saw Hikaru Shida responding to Nyla Rose and offering her a championship match for full gear. Sean Spears then had a squash match in which he called out Scorpio Sky after the match, and they will be facing each other on next week's Dynamite, which brought us to the main event, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon for the final spot in the finals of the AEW Championship Eliminator Tournament. It was a hard-fought fair in which Kenny Omega prevailed and will face Hangman Page in the finals at full gear. Stock up, stock down. And man, were those two semifinal matches tonight fire. Which one do you want to talk about first, Joel? Let's just go in uh, in order on the cards. So the the kickoff between Page and Wardlow, I thought was a great pickup from oh. where Adam Page's first round match left off. Very physical. And the theme of the match really was Adam Page getting the dog shit beaten out of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really couldn't say that better myself. It was a brutal physical match. Uh, these two guys have some pretty good chemistry. Uh, and I'm just becoming more and more of a Wardlow believer week in and week out. Um, I, we had the interview segment that led into this match and I really liked MJF saying, if Wardlow wins this, I am the number one contender and his face when MJF said that, so, so, so damn good. Like he, he, he's winning me over and that whole little bit made me think, oh man, maybe they will pull a swerve on us. Maybe Wardlow will get this here to set up something with MJF down the line. But I think the right, right person won based off of the, the tournament so far. And uh, yeah, Hangman Page can't really do anything wrong right now either, dude. I, I really liked this match. And although, you know, Hangman Page was great as he always is, I thought the star of this match was Wardlow. I, I thought he looked really good in the ring and I'm very impressed by his knack for playing his character. It's, mm-hmm not just in the things that he says, but it's in those facial expressions, like you mentioned. 
And it's the way that he reacts to things. He seems annoyed 100% of the time. And it's just a question (laughs) of where that annoyance is directed. In in this match, we saw that annoyance directed at Adam Page. In the pre-match promo, we saw this annoyance directed at both MJF and Sammy Guevara. So I, I think the kind of, I'm here, I'm doing a job, I'm making money, but I don't really care that much about anything that I'm doing. Uh, And I I really am just irritated that I have to do this. (laughs) I think that's a working character for him. And I've really enjoyed seeing him develop that. I think he just has a lot of natural savvy for being a professional wrestler and really sinking himself into that persona. Yeah, he, he... It, it looks easy for him. It, it, sometimes you can tell with like the facial features or even the promos or even the body language that sometimes it can seem forced. It just seems like he kind of has a knack of when to do certain things and how to do it. And man, I, one of my favorite moments in this match was uh, him nailing the F10 on Hangman. One, that's a that's a big dude to give the F10 to. And two, did I say one or two? I always hear this up. A, B, one, two. Either way, two. Uh, the fact that I was worried that he would get the kick out of it and Hangman rolled out of the ring, kind of selling how impactful the F10 is. And then, of course, you see all the, the flippy shit that Wardlow can do. And uh, he just has a, he has just a great, great style and a great moveset right now. And That yeah. flipping senton bomb. Yeah. I mean, he got more than halfway across the ring before he landed and then you know of course he slides on impact and he's practically in the opposite corner when he gets up this is a big big dude and he is very athletic i was very impressed by just the way he moves around the ring and he clearly and we've talked about this before but he clearly knows how to work like a big man and i think that's incredibly valuable in a company where everybody kind of whips out cruiserweight moves here and there that you have someone in Wardlow who is committed to being the big guy on the roster and working in that way. I, I all I'm going to say is I can't wait to see a Wardlow Brian cage match. I think those two would just break the internet with what they could do. Um, but moving on to the main event tonight, we had Kenny Omega defeat Penta. It, it was a little longer than 26 seconds. Joel, I, I, I was bummed we didn't get our uh, our swift victory, but when there was 20 minutes left on the show, I figured we were going to actually get a match here. And boy, did this match deliver. These guys, rematch from All In 2018, right? Yes, indeed. And uh, I really liked, uh, you know, when, when we found out that it was going to be the main event, you kind of know at that point, okay, it's going to be a real match. I believe that AEW has yet to have a squash match in the main event. So, yeah, you're correct. You know, it's always legit. It's always a show. And I think that's something that's part of the identity of Dynamite. So does it tip your hand a little bit? Sure. But when you have two performers of this caliber, it's kind of a waste to not give us a real match. So I uh, I really liked it. And I thought the opening segment of the match was was kind of the most interesting because that's where we saw the character development on this new Kenny Omega persona, not new, of course, but new to AEW and the exchanges of chops and the cockiness and 
the pretending like he was going to do this exchange of chops. And then he was the one who broke out of it with the kicks. And then the match got started in earnest. But I love that segment because it gives us more of that flavor of what this new Kenny Omega is going to be in AEW and how he's going to fit into the main event picture. Yeah, man, it, it was awesome. And I loved uh, him coming out with the uh, AAA Mega Championship, which he won from Phoenix. So just kind of being like, oh, by the way, remember when I beat your brother for this? Um, and just, I, yeah, man, the whole the whole aesthetic, him coming out with Kenny, Kenny and the Cleaners sounds like an awesome doo-wop band. <laughs> and with the girls coming out to dance beforehand, I, I'm digging it. I'm digging the, the cockiness here. And this is the this is the Kenny Omega like you got me to fall in love with when you introduced me to NJPW like this is it this is the guy <laughs> and uh, the the tournament's kind of been a platform to show this I love how long his freaking intro is now <laughs> it's 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 longer than my favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler uh, bit that they what's his name used to do it's so long it's he awesome. who must not be named he he must not be named but um. Yeah, man, it, it's great, and this match itself was was awesome. Uh, the destroyer onto the the stage was nuts, and they got awfully close to that first step. Um, I was a little nervous when uh, they flipped that, uh, and then just those violent, vicious V triggers uh, clo- towards the close of the match just shows how physical uh, these guys can get. So, yeah, man, nothing nothing but praise for these two. What a fun fun match! And I really can't wait for that eventual Omega Phoenix match that they were going to have this week. Cause I think that would be just freaking incredible. Indeed. Well, we do actually have a stock down. It's it, the return of the stock down. It's, it's been, uh, been <laughs> off for a while. Uh, so making a surprise comeback and, uh, I, what really didn't work for me. And I kind of just, I hate this stipulation in general, and it really doesn't seem to fit here. The Young Bucks, after their interview segment with FTR, made an announcement that if they lose this match to FTR at full gear, that they will never challenge for the AEW Tag Team Championships again. And, like, (laughs) I didn't love it when Cody did it for the AEW championship. And wasn't that a year ago at full gear? It was, it was like, it was at full gear. It's the same exact gimmick. So, (laughs) so I, I don't love that, but at least with Cody, they actually had a plan and the plan was for him to lose. And then for them to introduce a new title belt down the line that he could compete for. So that worked out you can't have two tag team belts within the same company that only has one show. And frankly, even if you have multiple shows like the other wrestling company does, it dilutes your tag team division to have multiple belts. So I don't think that's a direction that we're going to go in. That being said, Young Bucks need to be able to challenge for the titles. Yeah. Yeah. Crucial. So I don't see how this ends any other way than the Young Bucks winning the championships, which I kind of thought is what was going to happen anyway. But now Mm -hmm. it just feels like it's been telegraphed. And 
not to say that I'm not interested in how they're going to get there, because that's always the more important part to me is, is not the, where are we going, but how are we getting there? And that's still intact, but, and it just felt unnecessary and it also felt unearned. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it makes sense when Cody does it because he's this white face, baby face, dude. Like, We've been referring to the Young Bucks as like this, what, super aggressive dickheads? Like, yeah. like in the story, why should I care if these assholes never get a title shot again? They're also not going against a team that makes me want to see them lose either or to, to beat. Like, it's not like we have two heel dickhead teams in this thing. Like, it, it seems like a super baby face stipulation to do. And when it comes to the Cody stipulation last year, like that stipulation led to the hot fire feud that there was with MJF because MJF caused him to lose that match. I don't see a scenario where the match ends like that, where it sets up something even greater. So yeah, stock down for me too. And also like the gimmick, it is what it is, but like, to do it at the pay-per-view where you had the same gimmick just a year ago with a member of the elite, like we, we're not stupid. Like, like wrestling fans remember things. Like we always joke that the other wrestling company doesn't care about continuity. Like I can tell you what matches were on full gear last year. So it, it seemed weird. I don't, really get it well i, I and, would posit that wrestling fans are stupid but we do remember things <laughs> yeah okay we're, we're dumb 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 but we have good memories so yeah i agree with you i don't i don't get why this has to be the stipulation and i also don't get why this match needed that this match has been built for four years we don't need this to make it more intriguing where i think this stipulation is used best is when someone has had multiple shots Right. Where, you know, I, I think there was a time when. Oh, man, I, I'm forgetting now who it was, but they were like going up against Edge when Edge had the championship and he had beaten them multiple times. It might have been John Cena and, and but had cheated multiple times to win. And in order to earn, you know, one last shot at at the title, you know, set up this stipulation that, okay, if I lose, then I can never challenge for this title again while you have it. And I think yeah. that's a better stipulation. Uh, and it, it, there's a version of that in ring of honor as well, where they have, uh, I think it's called like defy or deny or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a non-title match. And if you win, you get a title shot, but if you lose, you can never get a title shot against the current champions. And, you know, that's kind of a cool stipulation because it puts stakes on the non-title match for both teams. So like, I'm okay with stipulations that are in this neighborhood, but this one feels like just too big and not really earned. So we don't need to talk about it really too much more. I think we've belabored the point, but yeah, just didn't really care for that. Yeah, yeah, same. So let's move on to the uh, the inner circle MJF town hall. And Joel, we got the return of my boy Eric B. Again. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> We haven't From talked about the show. Wyoming. I've, yeah, I've always been an Eric Bischoff guy. So I love it when he shows up on my TV because I just think he's such a compelling dude. 
Um, what do you think of the format of this town hall? I when they announced it, I thought it would be more of the inner circle debating back and forth the merits of adding MJF to the circle. I thought it was a little weird that it was just random AEW wrestlers asking questions. So, I mean, I think it's their kind of pithy attempt at doing an SNL style skit around election season. But, you know, it was carried by the strength of the performers but I don't think the segment itself is why this segment was successful. Cause I do think it was successful. Uh, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I laughed a lot and I enjoyed yeah. things like uh, Peter Avalon coming up and being like, I don't actually <laughs> have a question. I just thought I'd shoot my shot. Can I join the inner circle? Cause <laughs> you know, that's funny and it's unexpected. And so I thought the segment was good overall, but I, I think, Mostly it was good because of MJF and Chris Jericho and, you know, what they were doing in the ring. It also felt uncomfortable to me to have this segment with Chris Jericho kind of in the the Trump persona in terms of the, the jokes that he was a part of and the positioning of him within those jokes at the same time that it, it came out that, you know, he's, donated thousands of dollars to the Trump campaign. So, you know, that was kind of awkward, but, you know, (laughs) ultimately it was an entertaining segment and it was pulled off because I think at this point you could put Chris Jericho and MJF in just about any situation, give them live microphones and they'll find a way to make it entertaining. Yep. Uh, I laughed out loud when uh, Shivani told Jericho to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that alone made the segment a hit for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. To me, it really all just the, the segment hit because it led us to what I was hoping we were going to get Jericho versus MJF at full gear, which if MJF wins, he is in the inner circle. And man, I feel there are so many ways that this story can play out like. And it doesn't matter if MJF, if MJF wins, MJF loses. I feel there's so many paths that this story can take. And that has me really excited. Um, and also the fact that we get these two guys onto full gear and what should be looked at as like a, a baton passing type match. Because when you look at MJF and Jericho, they're very, very similar. Like what MJF I think could be 5, 10, 15 years down the line is... Jericho minus the rock star gimmick. But um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm crazy excited for this match. And uh, I loved the little back and forth um, MJF had with uh, Sammy Guevara prior to the the prior to the first match on the card, just feeding into this inner circle MJF uh, situation. So, yeah. So where I'd what, like to see this go is I would like to see MJF beat Chris Jericho join the inner circle and that be the impetus for Sammy Guevara leaving the inner circle. Because uh, I think Sammy is reached a point with the inner circle where there's diminishing returns. Um, Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be in the inner circle anymore. And actually I think it's hindering him. I think at this point it actually is holding him back because he can be involved in more interesting feuds and more interesting things if he's detached. Because right now, in terms of positioning, 
He's the number three singles wrestler in that faction behind Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. And that's just based on the matches that they've been put in to this point. If MJF joins the inner circle, that puts him as the number four singles wrestler within that faction. And that's not a good place to be if you're trying to advance and compete for titles. So I really think that both from a kayfabe and a shoot perspective, it behooves Sammy Guevara to no longer be a part of the inner circle. So, you know, that would be a cool way for this to resolve in my opinion. Yeah. And you don't need two young potential guys in a faction. You have the vet, you have the tag team, you have the young gun. Don't need to. Um, my, my question is, does MJF need the inner circle? And I know storyline position, he's, he's been talking about why he wants to join. But to me, I wonder if this is just MJF's way to weaken Jericho, take down the inner circle, and then you have one less road, you know, roadblock to the top of the card. So uh, I could see a heel saboteur role for MJF here too, but... It's going to be good. I think the match itself could be very good, which we'll get to in our full gear preview next week. But yeah, anything else, Joel, before we move move on to a rare fourth topic in Stock Up, Stock Down? I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Santana and Ortiz because I think they're doing a really good job of playing, being on opposite sides of this issue with Ortiz being overtly against MJF and Santana being like, I don't know, dude, if it was up to me, I'd let you in. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's, 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 it's just like the political world, Joel. Families and families torn apart by ideology. It's crazy. It's so, so meta. Uh, but let's move on, Joel. Uh, we had a very weird, the match tonight with newly crowned NWA women's champion, Serena deep taking on, I, What's her name again? I'm sorry. Layla Hirsch. And Layla Hirsch. The match itself was not weird. The match itself was great. And yeah. um, Layla Hirsch also had a really good match on Dark with Hikaru Shida. So, you know, she's clearly somebody who has the goods and can go in the ring and have these great matches. It was just odd because the last time the NWA title was on AEW television, it was in the hands of Thunder Rosa. We haven't seen Thunder Rosa in a while. And NWA has been doing this kind of pay-per-view, weekly pay-per-view type thing on Tuesday nights. And that's where this title change took place. So I didn't even know that this match happened until I saw the Serena Deeb, Layla Hirsch match being promoted for Dynamite. and. You know, as an extremely online wrestling fan, if I'm barely seeing that and, you know, I'm confused as to why this match is taking place on Dynamite. If you're a casual viewer of Dynamite, this match makes no sense at all whatsoever. I mean, you barely know what this title is, let alone, you know, these two wrestlers who have barely been on AEW television. And, you know, it's a great match. So that's awesome. But... Are, are these even, from the perspective of the casual fan, are these even AEW wrestlers? Why are they being featured here? So, you know, that was kind of odd. But props to both performers. It was an excellent match. And I'm glad Serena Deeb has signed with AEW. And I hope they get a, a 
Layla Hirsch signed because she would be a great addition to this division. Yeah, for me, I would have rather them switched the Layla Hirsch matches. Put Layla Hirsch and Serena Deeb on Dark and then put Sheeta and Hirsch on Dynamite. We haven't seen Sheeta in a match on Dynamite since the anniversary show. And I, you're right. You, you mentioned, you know, they were probably going to lead to a Nyla Rose Sheeta match, which we're going to get, which should be a fun match. But it just, once again, it just felt like, where's Nyla Rose? Where's Hikaru Shida? We're two, we're 10 days out from this pay-per-view. Where are our main women figures here? So it, it felt weird to me. And like, we're, are we not going to get a confrontation between those two until next week? And that's a really weird build there that leaves me, you know, the match itself would be great, but we always talk about the journey and the journey here seems eh, weird. <laughs> and I guess it's just the, the women's division in general, which the, there's rumors. I'm sure you guys have seen the Thunder Rosa dropping the belt because she might be on her way to WWE or she might be on her way to AEW. Uh, Billy Gordon tweeted, uh, posted on Instagram earlier that she has a contract through 2021. Does that mean it expires in January? Or does it expire in January 2022? So just a really weird situation. And um, I'm feeling a little uninspired with the women's division heading into full gear. Yeah, it just everything lately has felt a little bit... Um, like lackluster just hasn't been well thought yeah. through and I'd like to see the women's division getting a lot more attention. Yeah. It, we're a year in now and it, it feels like we peaked with the women's division in what, maybe March, April um, before all the injuries hit and the COVID hit. And it just, it seems that it's been the hardest division it feels to recover. I, I do think that we should point out the, in fairness, that this division has been bit by the injury bug time and time mm-hmm. and time again. Even having injuries a and COVID match yeah. from Dynamite because there was an injury that took place in the match and they didn't want yeah. to show it. Um, there was supposed yeah. to be a match on Dynamite between Ty Conti and Abaddon, and Abaddon was injured in that match, so they decided to cut it because it was a recorded episode of Dynamite. So, you know, mm-hmm. it. They've had obstacles, but there's still enough in the division that you could be giving it more time on air so that these matches, these championship matches, don't feel so thrown together and that there's more of a story. And I know that people might come back and say, like, oh, Nyla Rose has been doing her stuff with Vicky Guerrero, and they've been talking about, you know, going after the title. But a lot of that's been on dark, and you can't expect your viewing audience to be watching an increasingly longer and longer (laughs) show that as much as I love AEW wrestling can be a chore to get through when it comes out the night before dynamite. Yeah. I, I I miss the days when, when dark was like what, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. That was like, that was like the money money zone. And uh, yeah. And, and we've talked about this before is probably the casual user is not watching dark. So it's hard to look at that as like Canon when 50, 60% of your audience isn't watching it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree there. Didn't want to, you know, cause there's really great performers there and we love seeing what they can do. We just want to see them get that, you know, get that camera time. 
Um, Joel, anything else about this before we move into lightning round? No, let's let's have a quick lightning round. Lightning round. I'm not gonna pick Sean Spears. I'm uh, this match isn't on the pay per view. It's on next week's Dynamite. But Joel, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. He 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 is not gonna beat uh, Scorpio Sky. And he's brought me in. This gimmick's fun. I love Sean Spears. No, I'm done. This is my intervention. I am done. I'm going to see if I can talk you into it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sean Spears. Sean Spears is 15 and two in singles competition in the year of our Lord 2020. And uh, he's been uh, he's been doing good, creepy business of stalking Scorpio Sky and painting on the mirror in Scorpio Sky's locker room. And I like the way this is developed. And I think this is a good opportunity for Sean Spears to get off the schneid. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we see him find a way to load up that that fingerless glove and uh, and take down Scorpio Sky. As much as I love Scorpio Sky, Sean Spears <laughs> needs a win. Nah, he, he's gonna like I said, he's gonna find up, he's gonna wind up in, in his skivvies somehow and lose to Dustin. That's that's what's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Joel, give me something for the lightning round, man. Uh, I I can't not talk about the excellent match that we got between Matt Seidel and Eddie Kingston. And uh, regrettably, most of Matt Seidel's matches in the company so far have been on Dark and not on Dynamite. But I think as we see him get integrated more into the roster, we're going to see more classic matches like this. It was physical. There were a lot of cool spots. There was a lot of good technical wrestling, which is something that Matt Seidel brings to the table. He's known, of course, as a high flyer, but he doesn't do a ton of high flying anymore. It's a lot more mat wrestling and quick transitions from different holds. So I thought he was great in this match, and I just love everything Eddie Kingston does. So uh, anytime he's on my screen, I'm going to be excited about it. Yeah, I've really loved how Eddie handled this match and the post-match stuff, screaming at him, saying, you know, calling him Moxley, choking him out the way that Moxley won their last match. Dude's dude's on fire right now. It's it's an awesome uh uh setup. And real quick, did I hear right? Did they say that the bunny ended thing with ended things with QT Marshall by maxing out his credit cards? That is correct. What the fuck? <laughs> Okay. Um I mean, could have just not said the only way, but that that was part of it. Yeah, I I hope that we get some sort of a little story here with QT Marshall or is he just just nope. Yep, you took my money. Goodbye. Like Well, I think it was really it was story, really weird. If you want that story, you're going to have to watch Dark because that's where that right. thing plays out. I'll watch that on Dark, but I'm glad the bunny's back with them and uh one of my things on lightning round, did you notice that ad they ran during one of the commercials for Full Gear? where it talked about 2020 was a year of surprises and debuts. Doesn't that seem like full gear They're Like they would be teasing that someone's going to be debuting at full gear. Uh, it like be. that's how I interpreted that. And now my head's spinning of who could possibly debut at full gear, which is always just bad when I fantasy book and I get disappointed. <laughs> well, I think there's really only one other segment that we haven't, touched on which was the segment between best friends and 
Kip and Miro. And I, I really liked the artifice of this ambush with them presenting the Halloween present and the best friends kind of being like, oh, cool. And turning their backs on them to walk back into their, uh, I guess it was their hotel room or their, their locker room. Something like that. And, yeah. And uh, then, you know, turns out, nope, it's just a, a, an ambush. And what was in the present was the joystick panel from the arcade cabinet, which they have named Alan, uh, which is funny. <laughs> and uh, I, I really dug it. I thought it was fun. And um, I'm looking forward to this match uh, whenever it happens because, you know, these two teams have, you know, been on a collision course since they had the, the whole incident go down with Trent spearing the arcade cabinet. And I want to see more Miro in the ring and I want to see him in real matches, not just squash matches, which is kind of what he's had so far. So I think this is a great opportunity to showcase what he can do and the kind of match that he can have within this really excellent tag team division. If, if this Kip and Miro tag team is going to be a thing for a while. Yeah. I would love to see them fight in an uh, in arcade, like go to the, the King of Kongs arcade that they teased a few weeks ago and just do a freaking arcade brawl, like parking lot brawls. Those were fun, but arcades be, are when it's going to, that'd be really interesting if they did it kind of like yeah. a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Like, It'd be, it'd be super fun. Like the laser tag area and, you know, it's all dark and there's all kinds of obstacles and things that you could hide behind if you were playing laser tag. Oh yeah. Um, someone's getting blinded by a laser. And then it's a lot of happen. places have those like laser mazes that you, that you can do now where you mm-hmm. have to like pretend like you're Catherine Zeta Jones in that movie. And, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, do you, do you want to go play laser tag, Joel? You got really fixated on this laser tag. <laughs> It's okay. Barney Stinson would approve. I approve. It's totally There's fine. Bowling alleys in arcades. <laughs> cracked with a bowling ball upside the head. Yeah, I mean, man. There's so they, much potential here. Yeah, we know those four guys will put on something really fun. Um, and Joel, we did forget one thing, and I want to talk about it real quick. The uh, the lumberjack match between Cody and Orange Cassidy. Oh gosh. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought both guys looked really good here. Um, and I just love seeing Cassidy in these high profile matches. Um, I, I had a feeling he wasn't going to win it, but I still held out hope throughout the match and, uh, sets up Cody versus Darby Allen at full gear. And man, this, this match is a long time coming. I'm looking forward to Cody and uh, Darby Allen. Yeah. This is the fourth time they've faced off. Is that right? I believe and they third had, or fourth. Yeah. They had the time limit draw and then I think they each have a win over each other. So I think so. Um, so yeah, I mean this, this is a great uh, opportunity and I wish they had a little bit more time to build this story between Cody and Darby. Even just one more week uh, would make me feel a little bit better about it. But I think there's, a lot of potential here. Darby's star has just gotten so much brighter uh, in the last year within this company. And Cody, of course, is, you know, in my opinion, he's the top guy. I know John Moxley Mm -hmm. has the main title belt, but Cody's matches just feel more important and more vital. And for that reason, I think this match is, has the potential to steal the show come full gear. Yeah, and I'm I'm making my prediction now. I'm picking Darby Allen to win that win that belt. 
All right. Just FYI. But a little preview so, of what we're going to talk about next week. Yes. All right, guys. Joel, do you have a wait? Do you have a random observation for me? Or I, I do have a random observation. Oh, 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 oh! Button, button. Who's got the button? Joel's random observation of the week. So in the segment in which uh, Scorpio Sky ambushed Sean Spears after his squash match, uh, Scorpio Sky was uh, wearing a Halloween costume and throwing candy at, uh, at Sean Spears from, from outside <laughs> in the ringside area, which I thought was funny. But my favorite part came later after Scorpio Sky had taken out Sean Spears and Tully in a fit of anger on the outside of the ring, started picking up the pieces of candy that Scorpio Sky had thrown at Sean Spears and started throwing them back at Scorpio Sky. And I just, I <laughs> love that because, you know, clearly he's not going to get into a physical altercation with Scorpio. So what can he do, you know, in this situation where he's, he can't do anything to defend his charge. What's he going to do? He's going to wing hard candies at you. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. He got he got physical with the uh FTR on the Young Bucks last week, so it's not not out of the realm. Not out of the realm, but yep, I, I noticed that. That was pretty funny. Uh I'm I, Tully Blanchard, man. I love him. He's so he's so good. He's such an asset to this company. All right, guys. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show. Follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find Joel at the other Joel. And find me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasting. Guys, it's Apple Podcasts now. I guess they separated the podcast from iTunes. So go to Apple Podcasts, rate, subscribe. Um, if you're an Android guy like me, you can get us on pretty much all the podcasting apps on in the Google Store. You can email us at show at gmail.com. And yeah, give us a follow. Give us a review. Really help us out. And Joel, anything to add before I cook some chicken? Uh, oh, chicken sounds delicious. Enjoy. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. All right. Bye, everyone. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.